0: Send me jokes, send me jokes, send me jokes.
1: (sighs) Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Welcome to our esoteric playland Hmm. of Critical Hmm. Thinking Gymnastics. Wow,
0: wow. I feel like um, whatever little dude I have in my head who's... um, analogizing all the thinking work to physical work he just did like a backflip or something (laughs) like that like whatever that whatever that is we're always using the analogy of you know mental stuff to physical stuff and i feel like i feel like that really captured something yeah um, you think
1: so like that gymnastics It, it makes me think of critical thinking which is like mental work
0: mental work mental yep. work yep. right yep. sometimes
1: it looks like a somersault sometimes it looks like falling off the balance beam
0: sure and one of the things that we want to try to do with the show is make sure that people out there are able to do that mental work are able to figure out the ways to do it kind of kind of on your own because most of us don't have any kind of um, coaches or any kind of special techniques to work on this so we really just have to do it kind of on our own and we just want to make that a little better for people
1: Yeah, absolutely. And guess what? You and I have each other as those coaches. Well, we do. We do. And so we want to push it out to the world together to say, Hey, we want to be the coach for the world or at least for the listeners.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's probably only good for um, everybody as thinkers because we need some practice. We need some coaching. We need some techniques. We need some ideas about what it is that will actually help us do better thinking and and maybe what that looks like when we get there. So we're trying to do that here on the show.
1: And we are, every week we're trying to do it on the show. Every week. And I'm Patty Payette.
0: She is, and I'm Brian Barnes.
1: And we are the co-hosts of Critical Thinking for Everyone and we are committed to taking this stuff out of the ivory tower where we sit at the University of Louisville. Yep. Or for you, other other universities around town. Sure,
0: and the Foundation for Critical Thinking.
1: Absolutely, with their conference coming up.
0: Yep, got one coming up this week and register at criticalthinking.org if you're Uh, into it.
1: Absolutely. So, every week, uh, and this week is no exception, we bring some juicy chunks of material yep. and we think through it together yep. and out loud in real time yep. with you
0: yep. Yep.
1: and we don't rehearse this folks.
0: Yeah well I mean I'm not sure that's really a virtue but it is true that we don't <laughs> that we don't rehearse it and of course people say well why don't you rehearse it and it's because the thinking needs to happen in real time and um, it's more useful for you probably if you're getting our thinking in real time as an example.
1: Right. Because you're thinking in real time. Right. And and,
0: and it's it's, you know, we can go through complicated processes and lengthy, um, you know, ways of getting to um, some good thinking, some of which might be more or less appropriate depending on circumstances. But we definitely um, we definitely have to work on this with techniques and with skills from the real world in real time, because that's where we do this stuff.
1: Absolutely, and Brian yeah. and, and that's I, where you
0: do this stuff. That's yeah.
1: where you. Say, and Brian and I also bring bring some of our wins and our foibles along the way. Yes,
0: we have both wins and foibles.
1: Definitely,
0: <laughs> some of the foibles some of the foibles end up turning into wins. Is that right? Like a it's a winning strategy of failure.
1: Yeah, we we do what they call fail forward. We fail, fail forward. Is that when we you fail. fall up the
0: stairs? <laughs> no.
1: Good it's when you fail, and it teaches you a good, important insight. So it moves oh, you forward. Geez.
0: Oh, jeez! I hope you yeah. can do something like that. That's awfully difficult.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. we talked about cognitive dissonance last time, and about how that that moment of confusion, profound confusion, and um, those moments in life can actually lead to great insights.
0: Oh yeah! Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Some sometimes those things are absolutely. Um, Absolutely the most helpful um, with helping us understand what's going on, right? Because because we have to deal with the difficulties um, and figure out a way to make something positive out of those. So mm, failing forward, is that what you said? Yes. Failing forward. Okay. Yes, All you've right, never right.
1: heard that one. I've heard New of falling
0: forward. I, don't re- forward. I don't recall failing forward, but I'm sure that I've done it. I'm sure that it's a it's a thing that I'm... Um,
1: Do you want me to start pointing it out in the future? I think I will. <laughs>
0: I don't know if any more (laughs) of my failures need to be pointed out, uh, but definitely, definitely um, it's something for all of us to think about. Right. When we when we fail, we need to learn those lessons um, so that maybe we can avoid what we can avoid failing more in the future. Is Mm -hmm. that the idea? Yeah.
1: The idea is we learn. Right. We learn instead of just trying to like delete and forget that repress it. We go. What did I learn from this?
0: Oh, sure. And so, yeah. yeah, so critical critical thinking can be positive in that we want to try to avoid various errors, but it can also be of this type where we're trying to, um, you know, maybe avoid errors, but also learn from the ones that we, you know, that we encounter.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I brought a source for us to, to bounce off of. Oh, cool. Now, we have used this book before, but it's been quite a while
0: 25 days. To better critical thinking, is that it? To better thinking. Thinking and and better
1: living. A guide to improving every aspect of your life.
0: Yeah, this is a this is a classic Paul Elder text.
1: It sure is. In fact, this might be an older edition, but that still does that still means the stuff is still good though.
0: Well, I mean, I think again, if it's supposed to be stuff that applies to all of our thinking all the time, then I guess it wouldn't matter if it's, you know, a couple of even a couple of decades old.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. If you exactly. didn't
0: know what that sound was, that was a paper sound. <laughs> so we actually have a paper book here with us in the studio and uh, and that is a sound that goes. Uh, yeah, do it again. Do the, the riffling. The oh, yeah. All of that. That's, that's paper. Yeah, and some this of this
1: digital world it's yeah, hard to do. Some of come you by. some of you
0: might not know what a paper book <laughs> sounds like and we just it's a blast from the past kind of, you know, paper book.
1: So. I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. Right. Blast from the past, a paper book. So I picked a few juicy pages okay. that I think as we move into election season, well we're actually in election season. We are election season. Might be relevant.
0: Is this the giant dog ears that you have here yeah. in this in this thing? <laughs> let see that. Yes. Those are big. Those are big.
1: <laughs> yes, they
0: are. <laughs> it, I'm not sure it's good for the book. I'm not sure what you've done here is actually yeah. nice to the book.
1: Well, but you know what? It's in service to the show. So. Okay. All right. Practical.
0: Yeah. Practical stuff.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so I thought we'd start with this one. Okay. Uh, this is so the for folks. I just want you to know the way this is structured mm-hmm. is that, um. It is 25 different strategies that the reader, the way the book is constructed, there's 25 different ways that the reader can take a day and focus on a a critical thinking move. One one per day. One per day. Okay. So even though we're going to be going over maybe four or five, um, I just kind of pulled out the ones I thought would be fun to talk about. Okay. Okay. Are they numbered? if you go in order? Um, actually, I, you know, that's a good question. We're going, we're pulling some out of order. That is a good question. I know the way the book is constructed, it wants you to pick one idea each day. And then yeah. at the end, it has reflection questions. Okay. Isn't each week? Isn't that kind of cool?
0: Oh, is it day or a week?
1: Well, there's daily oh, notes I guess you could and then do a weekly action weekly, plan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very fun. Okay. So I want to, I'm curious. I'm going to read some of this and see okay. what you think. Okay. Right. So this one's called, this is the day to think for yourself. Don't conform.
0: Oh gosh. That sounds pretty, pretty heavy.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And are, are, are ready? Here yeah, it goes. Right, Assume you are conformist.
0: Okay. I'm assuming.
1: Only when you can admit you're a conformist can you begin to identify when and where you conform.
0: Okay, Only when I admit Admit. that I'm a conformist will I be able to identify when and where I do that. Why Why is that? Why can't I identify when and where I do that before I admit that I'm doing it?
1: Uh, Because I think if you think you're free-thinking non-conformist, then your bias, you're never going to catch yourself conforming because your bias is, I don't think that way.
0: I see. Okay, so easy for me to maybe delude myself until I can, until I can um, identify that I'm actually doing it. And then maybe if I identify the places and the times that I'm doing it, maybe I'll have then, what, some opportunities for changing exactly. it? Or something exactly, exactly, like exactly. Don't so- I
1: want to conform, though? Um, I thought that was
0: really a positive thing, conformity.
1: Yeah, we we talked about that it has a biological imperative aspect, conforming, right? Because if I push against everything around me and my culture and my society, I'm mm-hmm. going to be pretty lonely and maybe homeless without food. And
0: okay, so some conformity is necessary. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Go, that's yeah. Keep in mind.
1: So. It says only when you, okay, well, recognize that conformity occurs in virtually every domain of life. Look for it in the newspaper. Look for it in your relationships. Look for it in the groups or which you belong. Notice it at work. So it's asking you to think about it in all these different ways. Okay. Notice when you're least likely to conform. Notice when you're most likely to conform. Figure out the consequences of your How conformity. can I do this if I'm
0: at work? I'm thinking about people listening to this show and they're like, they're going, okay, so I'm supposed to figure out. When I'm conforming at work, I mean, all the time, right? So I'm following rules. So yeah. is that is that what I'm coming up with, is that I'm doing this all the time at work?
1: Well, you're kind of noticing, like, am I a yes man or woman to my boss in a way that actually keeps him or her from hearing my perspective that might be helpful? Okay. Am I just conforming because I'm not intellectually courageous and I just keep my head in the sand? Hmm. Why is that? Is that bad? No, they're saying notice it. But I mean, and is it, it is it bad? Is it is what bad to conform? To like or keep my head in the sand at work? I mean, it to can not cause, be. It can be. Sounds like I'm a good employee. How? It sounds like you're supposed to notice it and question it. Am I doing it unthinkingly, or am I following the rules here because these are safety rules? And this
0: is just for me to know.
1: It's to first notice. See, I may not. I may not even change anything. Right, they just want you to notice right now, right? You. And then this chapter gives some strategies on how to do it in a critical way. Okay. See? So mm-hmm. first I have to notice it, okay. the behavior. Okay. Then I go, wait a minute, am I, I'm, I'm seeing the input, like I have to have enough stepping back to notice my thinking or my behavior first. Okay, okay. Before I can examine it. I got you. Okay. All right, all so, right. Think about the consequences of nationalism as a form of mass conformity. Figure out when it makes sense to conform. For example, not talking loudly on your cell phone while in a restaurant. Mm, okay. And when it doesn't, for example, mindlessly supporting unethical business or governmental practices.
0: Oh, yeah. So I don't have to do a lot of those things just because that's the way the society is.
1: Right. Right. I can
0: decide that I'm not going to. I'm not going to mow my lawn just because they tell me to mow my lawn. Or
1: right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put some native grasses in. Shout out to Hart Hagen. I'll hey, put some.
0: and then I won't have to mow it.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll support the environment.
0: Very see? good. Very good. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, so they have some tips on this. Okay. But first, they say for most people, blind conformity to group restrictions is automatic and unreflective. Like uh-huh. A lot of us just kind of go through it. Okay. Right. Okay. Most people effortlessly conform without recognizing their conformity. They internalize group norms and beliefs, take on the group identity, and act as if they are expected, act as if they are expected, it, without the least sense that what they're doing might reasonably be questioned. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're talking about our sociocentric thinking. We go along with things we, because that's part of our culture. Sure. We don't want to stand out. Well, we're trained to. Exactly, it says in it's some one of are worse. right. It says conformity, though, is one of the evils of of human society. Why? Because through conformity, arbitrary social rules are treated as if they were inherently good and right. That's interesting. Mm. Hmm. And I was looking for an example. They said consider the ways in which people who do not abide by social conventions are marginalized within a culture. Atheists. Hmm. Sure. What do you think? Do you think atheists are marginalized?
0: Oh yeah, I think so. I think because the dominant culture is Christianity, yeah. um, or, you know, in our dominant religion, and even though it's not a formal, you know, thing necessarily, I do think that um, if you are a Christian, then you get first kind of um, credit for having, you know, uh, a nice uh, lifestyle addition, like you have this, this probably. Very correct and highly valuable relationship in the in the culture with your church group and with your beliefs and all this and with and with the divine and you thought this thing through. And then if and then in our culture, if you're another religion with in most cases, you you've done okay. it's probably not quite as good, but you're definitely you've definitely done something that we can say is a good thing, um, even if you've gotten it wrong. Right, to explore the religion thing. And if you're an atheist, probably you've just gotten it all wrong. I think the culture treats you like you just haven't thought this through very well. And certainly atheists are vocal about the idea that they've come up with all this stuff for um, reasons, etc. So it's not not arbitrary. But I think the culture treats it as if um, it's a failure to recognize some... uh, some some obvious truths.
1: Can you think of an example? That's really interesting. I
0: thought I just did.
1: Well can you think of an example like from your life?
0: Oh well I mean if you meet people often and they are religious and you tell them that you're not I think that they they don't I think that some people are okay with that, but institutionally we don't support that in the culture, right? So atheists don't have that institutional connection that comes with the religious belief. And so I think that very often there's a looking down on the atheist like, ah, you're really missing out on something, Do you right? Feel because, that way? Oh yeah. I think really? Oh well I've been told that, right? Because you miss the you miss the religious connection with your peers and you miss the going to church thing and you miss all of those. You didn't celebrate
1: this holiday fully. Holiday thing and
0: you miss the direct relationships or whatever with the divine and all the good things that come from all that. I mean, I think that there are a lot of things in my experience, you know, I've been sort of talked down to in this way a number of times and it continues to happen. And uh, when people find out that you don't necessarily um, accept their, you know, any religious view, much less their religious view. Then I think that they, um, I think there's a little bit of marginalizing that goes on. I don't think that it's um, it's always a problem, but I do think intellectually there's a little bit of pitying, a little bit of marginalizing that happens.
1: You're like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah, you like oh, you just two. haven't quite got to the truth. You it's didn't. too bad. You know, <laughs> I can see you're thinking hard.
0: You know, this kind of thing. Yeah. So I think there's I think there's some of that that happens in that. the culture. Yeah.
1: So uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so here are some things that they ask you to do when you want to check your own conformity. OK, okay? so okay. examine the extent to which you uncritically accept the taboos and requirements of your culture and social groups. Monitor your conformity. Begin a list of ways in which you can begin to think independently. I'm trying to think of an example. If I was going to go through a day and ask myself, how would I monitor the? Ex-? That's interesting
0: how would you mm. monitor that how,
1: yeah like monitor my own conformity like i would maybe i'd go through the day and i'd look at my choices data in the and go am i what am I? Why Why am I doing this? Well,
0: you might ask that. You might look at the rules that you follow and the situations that you're in. You might just ask, why did I do it that way? I mean, in, very, in a right. great many cases, we'd find that it was because that's the way that I thought you did it. Right. Like, this that's pretty much ex- it. Or, what,
1: or this is what's expected. Yeah, this is,
0: what, this is what people expect you to do. And so that's why I did it that way. And, and maybe that was arbitrary. Right. You know?
1: so, so we can walk through the day and catch ourselves throughout the day mm-hmm. going, Oh, I parked here or I'm putting on this clothing or I'm giving to this charity or not this or I'm clicking on these websites, but not these other websites. Right. And, because, and not because
0: I've thought through it, but because it's just yeah, that's, it's the, just that's my
1: automatic.
0: Yeah, that's what I understand is the, the right way to do these things. Right.
1: right. Um, make a list of problems that people experience as a result of mass conformity to arbitrary social rules. How do you contribute to those problems? Hmm. are there maybe maybe you think about the protest that i'm going on this year and how do you think about that do i participate do i not do i under what conditions
0: yeah that's true i could think about those things i could think about um participating in various kinds of culture consumer culture restaurant culture um you know these kinds of things mm-hmm. too i mean mm-hmm. um again i mean going to church of course is a thing but like what if i decided to stay in school, right, this semester, as opposed to taking the semester off? Or what if I decided to continue with face-to-face classes as opposed to not having those,
1: right? or
0: some of these things? Right. So yeah.
1: So, um, this, the pandemic puts a whole other spin on this. And then it says, uh, notice the extent to which your friends and family members conform to whatever social ideology is reigning at the moment. Notice the extent to which you are stifled by the groups to which you belong. Realize that independent thinkers often prefer to be alone rather than attempt to fit into groups irrationally and mindlessly. Recognize that there is one free community you can always join—the community of independent thinkers found in the best books that have ever been written. <laughs> it sounds like Richard Hall. <laughs> it it doesn't does, it? yeah, for sure. Independent thinkers can always find a range of great thinkers writing for them in the library. Okay, so let's each suggest a book. If somebody. A student said to us, read this paragraph and said, or a listener said, Okay, this is really interesting. Find a book that is gonna help me be an independent thinker. What would you what would each of us recommend?
0: Gee, I mean a book that will help us be an independent thinker. Like the we, we'd
1: recommend to someone and say
0: Yeah. I mean I would I wouldn't give a book. I'd give um I'd give an essay probably. Um, I yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit shorter. You... Well, there are two. There are two things. I mean, if I had to give a book, I might give something like Animal Farm. I think that talks an oh, awful lot one, Georgia. about George
1: well, Yeah, an you know, awful lot about
0: conformity. You know, and about yeah. the ways we're supposed to behave and what the consequences might be if we don't. So I think that there. I think that's a good one. If you're going to read a book and it's a short book, um, I also like. Um, I like the Ethics of Belief by William Clifford. I, it's not a fun read or anything, but I like the message that it gives about good thinking, and it's a nineteenth century document. Anybody Is can it, find it? For uh, free. it's free
1: online. What's it say it yeah. again?
0: It's called the Ethics of the Belief. Belief. Okay. Yeah, and it's about it's we talked before about it. we talked about epistemic yes, responsibility, we did. Yeah, yeah, so that's the Clifford epistemic that responsibility. guy that right. guy. Yeah, that's the guy.
1: Okay. You know the one that popped into my mind. It was really interesting. I hadn't thought about this book which in a long one's time. That? Catch Twenty Two. Oh, Catch Twenty Two is a nice one. Which is yeah. Joseph Heller, is it? Yep, that's
0: right. That's right. And, it's a really good one.
1: And yeah, and I remember being in college and my memory about this book is it's a satirical look at the military. It's
0: it's it's a tough satirical look.
1: <laughs> and it's but it's it's this it's this very broad satire, but it's very sharp.
0: Sure, definitely.
1: And it's a lot about uh, the military and, uh, and sort of one guy's sort of adventures in the chain of command and the absurdity. Yeah, and then like trying
0: that. to sort of, you know, get out. Right? I mean, trying to, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, the, uh, that may, I'm going to recommend a movie, which okay. is um, Dr. Strangelove.
0: Ah, okay, that's a nice one. So that's
1: yeah. another one that's a great one about a satire yeah. looking at different people involved with the same crisis. Right. Going on this this uh, during the Cold War at the height right. of the Cold War sort of a crisis happening on this airbase and how different people responded and who's conforming, who's pushing against yeah. what's happening, why yeah, yeah, are they yeah, doing yeah. it? But it's, oh, it's so nice. funny. Yeah,
0: it's definitely funny. It's a good one to it's a good one to look at.
1: Yeah. yeah so like those that. are two I think. I mean, they'll definitely of. provoke
0: provoke your thinking. So, and I think yes. that's really that's really the big issue here is that we're trying to Provoke good thinking right as part of as yes. part of this whole process so. so Okay, do you have another are you going to continue with this one or do you have oh, another? Oh, no, well day. those
1: were. I have another day topic, so another that's conformity day. so folks cool. think about How you conform or not?
0: Okay, all right. Give it a thought. I don't know what we're all doing here, but you know something you know another one not. is
1: don't be a worry wart. That's another one to look okay. at. Okay. And I thought that, you know, you know why I thought that was good right Because worry
0: warts are a medical problem around <laughs> the United States.
1: When you consider everything we're dealing with right now, from COVID to the election to the fires out west. Oh, man. It's climate change. There's a lot to worry about. There it is. feels heavy to yep, me. That's right. Do you worry, too?
0: I do worry. I do worry some. I don't worry quite as much about um though the things that i can't do anything about the things that i can't control um really
1: you try to just
0: i try not to i mean of course things like the weather and the wildfires and all that i mean those are things that they end up making really big splashes like in the news and of course in various kinds of um uh, media and stuff like that and so i i definitely think that there's you know a lot there to think about but there's only so much that i as an individual can do right when i'm worried about some of these problems and it's so easy as you point out to become totally overwhelmed like it's you can almost develop a panic over the whole thing couldn't you yes and and a, yeah. lot, a lot of people i think do
1: and then you can get analysis paralysis and feel frozen and do nothing and you can get constant analysis right because you can go
0: not just into like the contemporary thing, we can go back into the old thing and you can look at people analysing all the things and it just it can become an absolute nightmare of me getting maybe even more information than I can really digest.
1: Yes. You know? In fact I was talking to someone yesterday very wise about the worries about the election and things I can't control. Yep. And the temptation to just shut down. Yep. And you know she gave me good advice. What was that? The thing we can control. Yep. Is encouraging people to vote and helping get out the vote.
0: No, that's definitely important. And not only can we encourage that, we can we can definitely deal with our own attitudes, right? I mean, that takes a little bit of work, and maybe it takes even more effort than we're willing to put forth in some cases. But we can definitely um, we can definitely do those two things, right? I mean, we can help people get out to vote, um, and we can also work on our own attitude. And so in some ways going out and helping other people to vote does both, right? I mean, it works on our attitude and other people's attitude exactly. at the same time. Exactly.
1: So. Exactly. It helps. Uh-huh. It's a win-win. Yep. Yep. So here's some strategies for relinquishing the worry ha- worrying habit.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. What do you got?
1: For every problem you have difficulty handling, follow Mother It says, follow Mother
0: Goose. Mother Goose. What's Mother Goose going to help us with on this one?
1: What precisely is the problem? That's the first question you ask yourself. What are my options? Is there a possible solution under my control? Have I exhausted all possibilities for a solution? Have I considered every option? So this is where, what can I do during an election season? You actually have things you can do. What's Mm -hmm. under your control? Mm -hmm. How you volunteer for campaigns or whatever? This is a problem I cannot solve, or if I've exhausted all realistic am I letting go of the problem or am I still worrying? If so, why? Ah.
0: These are important questions, right? Make
1: a list of all the problems you worry about, then go through the preceding steps for each one. Right. Be proactive whenever you can. When faced with a troubling situation, don't allow your energy to be sat by fretful worrying and obsessing. Uh, Instead take action wherever you can and to whatever extent you can, use your energy Protect. Productively rather than destructively.
0: Productively rather than destructively. Nobody needs any destructive energy coursing through their lives, right?
1: Yes, that's right. Be productive instead of destructive. Well, I
0: mean mentally, like mentally, right? I mean mentally productive rather than mentally destructive. Exactly. You know, I mean, I guess that means that I'm trying to create. Be
1: proactive. What can I do here? I'm trying to
0: create things in my thinking that are positive, that are creative. But I mean, sometimes don't
1: I need to destroy? Isn't that part of it? Mm, like giving... Can you think of an example? Maybe like, I need to tear down bad ideas that I've noticed. Right. Or maybe I just need to let something go if I can't do anything about it.
0: Oh yeah. Well, maybe you know? this is oh, okay. You're back to maybe well, you're your you're, still, you're, rather, or, you're still in your worry. Use your more.
1: energy productively. Don't be a than Keep concerned on action. Be a doer, not a worrywart. You know, you're really good at that with all the work you do with composting and all the commitment you make to that. You that's very proactive and you bring other people into your work.
0: I do, I do, and I try not to be a worrywart, but sometimes it happens anyway. Does it? <laughs>
1: what do you do in those situations, do you?
0: I take deep breaths. Yeah,
1: and just
0: I, I try to think things through. I try to come up with a course of action. I don't like to sit and spin when I have problems. I like to have a course of action even if it's not right away. Um, even if I know, you know, that I have to wait till next week or whatever it might be, you know, it gives me a few minutes. Um, yeah, I I take a few minutes to try to just calm down and put things in perspective. I, I definitely think that you can end up with, um, the kind of paralysis that you mentioned, you know, and, um, I've found in the past that it's led to some panic on my part, right? Like some, you know, inability to you know, breathe easily, maybe some stress Mm. kind of stuff. Like it shows up
1: in your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So I think that, so for me, when I really start to worry because I don't want that to happen, um, I tend to do some deep breathing, um, and I find that that helps me either. I, I haven't figured out if it's a mechanism in the deep breathing that helps, somehow helps my mind, progress in its thinking or if it is the time that it takes to do the deep breathing so very often i find that i do i know there's a physiological response and that accounts for my body whatever whatever but when it comes to me um thinking about something that's giving me stress and trying to Work through that. I find often that if I do some deep breathing, I'll end up with a way. Like Pointing toward a solution. Yeah, even if it's not the right one, it's something else. And again, I just don't know. It, I, I can't decide. I always advocate this to people, but I have to admit, I don't know if it's the the literal time that it takes, the the few seconds or minutes of the deep breathing that just gives. And fo- I focus on my breathing when I do it for those few mm-hmm. breaths if that gives my mind like some kind of free space to to do something that I to couldn't like do. get out of
1: like it's like it's like seizing up and you kind of give it a chance to like
0: maybe run. maybe or if it's something about the breathing itself that is related to mental activity I can't if
1: it's like more oxygen to your brain more maybe. oxygen to my thoughts are, it, they, it,
0: are they oxygen related I don't
1: know well yeah well and also it makes your body relax a little more yep
0: yep so but that's I, yeah I, I don't know yeah, if it's a combination that's good or advice a, though and
1: anyone can do it anywhere and there's and plenty of peer-reviewed
0: go. literature on that this isn't some crazy hippie Barnes thing this is like like, this is a thing that, like, if you go to real doctors, they'll say, sure, deep breathing.
1: Deep breathing, yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing that I do, which is related to what you do, is give myself time. Like, you I, percolate. I you know me, yes, I percolate. That's what I do. Yeah. And I find that in the moment when I'm emotional, if I react or let things overtake, but if I just trust and give myself some time to, like, unknot it, like, mentally untie what it is the issue or... What can I do about it? What do I want to do about it? Yeah. That time is really helpful.
0: Oh yeah. So that, that mentally unnodding, that's good. Whenever you say percolate, I think of the um do you remember <laughs> the commercials back in the day where they had the coffee pot and it made a little it made a little yeah, sound? That sound.
1: Well I was yeah. thinking I
0: was thinking of the, the music that they
1: uh, do I don't know, it was
0: something like it was something like percolate. that with the coffee. It was always the percolating and sound. Maybe
1: I need like a soundtrack when you I'm need percolating. A, I don't know, you around.
0: seem to do fine. I don't know if you need the soundtrack. <laughs> (laughs) at
1: all so um so folks that is those are some some good ways that to really focus on what we can do and and um um oh this is this little rhyme oh let me just before we move on to the next topic let me share this little rhyme because linda elder said richard paul made this rhyme up this is the mother goose
0: oh my goodness here we go
1: for every problem under the sun there is a solution or there is none If there is one, seek it till you find it. If there is none, then never mind it, right? So that's like, don't spin out. Either figure out what the solution is or let it go. Those are your options. Or who wants to just spin it out?
0: Right. No, definitely. And I think that that probably, um, yeah, it's a little difficult, though, because I may not know which ones don't have a solution. Yes. So if there I just be keep looking and looking and looking, it. and then I don't find it. If there be
1: none, it. never mind it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so advice from Mature Paul: When faced with a problem, you first need to do your best thinking to see if you can find a solution. So, do your best thinking first. Don't knee jerk is not a way to go. Right. That's okay. Well, this one, okay. Don't be brainwashed by the news media. That's another one.
0: Well, before we get started on that, we yeah. should report on this news media, which is you're listening to 106.5 FM, WFMP, LP, Forward Radio, Louisville, Kentucky. This is Social Justice Radio. We're out of the Hayburn Building in downtown Louisville. You might be listening to us on an archived episode on SoundCloud, and uh, you can find all of the programming and the program Um, times and the program schedule
1: at uh, forwardradio.org. Yes, you can. Check that out. And there's a link if you click on programs to our show, Critical Thing for Everyone, that takes you right to our SoundCloud podcasts. if you're curious to know. Um, Yeah. Listen to some of our past shows. Back to the
0: 126 back episodes. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, I'm going to let you pick. So here's some next ones we could do. We could do Don't Be Brainwashed by the News Media, which we have talked about it before. Sure. We could do be a citizen of the world. Okay. We could do contribute today. Today, the day today is the day to make the world a better place. Okay. Um, there's a lot we could do. I'm just throwing out those. Oh, we I don't know. Those start. are all really
0: good. I mean, pick whichever one you like. What do you, okay. what do you feel moved let's by? Do, you said media, right?
1: I said, but we, you know, we've done that one a lot. No, it's no, important. Do you want it? It we doesn't matter. Do it we can do whatever one you want. Okay. Well, let's just do the news media. We'll touch on this one. Okay. Just real quick okay. Yeah. yeah so uh, i'm especially attuned to this again because we're in an election season and people are digesting their news or not or getting it from different places or not so this these tips are a bit about how to recognize bias in your nation's news brian tell the good people why should they assume there is bias they saying what bias news news isn't it just news and information like what's new
0: well, unfortunately, there are a couple of things. One is that the media organizations are owned by for-profit entities. What? And so, and so the, all of the media organizations, um, maybe with just a very few exceptions, like, like National Forward Public Radio. Radio
1: Forward Radio.
0: Yeah, Forward Radio. Also, I mean, a few smaller outlets, for sure, here and there. Um, they don't really... Um, they're not necessarily motivated by coming up with the truth. They're motivated by... Um, what's going to produce the highest ratings and therefore give more dollars to the owners of these companies, which is what for profit entities are for? So maybe a few of them are interested in truth per se, but most of them probably aren't. And so um, that's one problem when it comes to mm. um, when it comes to thinking about these large media sources so
1: there's an umbrella mm. organization that would be coloring their news yeah definitely
0: and, and we can see plenty of examples of this you know Rupert Murdoch for example owns hundreds of mm. different channels and so all of those channels have in the past promoted the same message um, and usually it's a message that is somehow um, about um, a political outcome, right? And so they make these statements on all of their um, many hundreds of media outlets, and that is very different from having um, local individuals sort of make the you know make the decisions about what goes into the news. Which leads us to the second problem, in my view, which is that there are individuals making decisions about what is the news, right? It, right? right.
1: What to put front, how long to give it, what to say, Less the soundbite.
0: Far, far less than 1% of all the stuff that happened today makes it into the news, ever. And so those things are cherry-picked, and those things are, um, you know, identified because of opportunity and luck. And for us to imagine, and also the preferences of editors and producers, and for us to imagine that editors and producers in news shows are somehow unbiased, ha, ha, absolutely absurd, (laughs) absolutely absurd. (laughs) They're just like us. Um, just regular people with all the same attitudes and positions, and in many cases, they're less informed than others of us are and more biased, and we just can't say that the news is objective. It always comes from a point of view.
1: So that goes to the very first suggestion, which is study alternative perspectives and worldviews, Learning how to interpret events from the perspective of multiple views. So somebody says, but how do I do that? How do I know if these three or four views are gonna be alike, and and I would say there is a news media bias chart that you and I have talked about before. Everyone can Google this, it's out there. News media bias chart. And you can go, oh wow, NPR is over here. Okay, I'm sort of this, maybe left-leaning. So if I wanna get it right-leaning, I might look at the, what?
0: Uh, I might look at Fox News. Fox
1: News or The Economist or something Maybe, yeah, there. if I want a
0: market-leaning one, yeah. Right, yeah.
1: yeah, mar- yeah, yeah Wall exactly.
0: Street Journal. I mean, there are all kinds of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So seek out maybe in one story. Click. Right. That's a great thing about the Internet. You can just click around and read. You can look right. at a headline. Even the headlines right. on the same topic.
0: Well, and you can also do like what my father did. I mean, he still does to a certain degree, but what he did, of course, for many decades, which was um to get newspapers from all over the world and read them all the
1: time. He did that?
0: Oh yeah, like every Sunday there'd be seven or eight different newspapers really? in the living room and he'd go to books various bookstores and oh, stuff and get these and, and get yeah, and he'd get wow. subscriptions and that way he could have them and he could use those newspapers to help him think about the newspaper that he was going to produce. In the upcoming weeks, right? Wow, Our upcoming week, Larry. Is a week, a that's paper. awesome.
1: I'm curious. Can you yeah. remember any of the titles? He, I'm just curious. It well, he he
0: he he um he read the San Francisco Chronicle. Okay. He read the Chicago Tribune? Uh, Tribune. He read New York Times. He read, um, he read um, Washington Post. I guess yeah. he read um, Miami Herald. He read wow. um, London. Times is that what that yeah. was? Uh, Wall Street Journal. So yeah, I think wow, those. So he yeah. really, I like. And I
1: mean, those did that. I, love, I mean, those were in my
0: house for years. I mean, those were in there you, every now, week. Now, did you read that? No. No. No, I did not like newspapers when I was growing up. Really. Yeah, I I like the idea of being a journalist and I wrote for school newspapers. But you didn't Um, No, but I didn't actually ever figure out what the hell journalism was while I was doing any of that. So Mm -hmm. I didn't I I don't know that I figured out what journalism was until I was maybe, uh, you know, in my 30s. I I had a vague sense of it, but I did not really. (laughs) I, I got caught up in a lot of the details of just watching my father work and listening to the things that he talked about. And I didn't necessarily. I had a broad view of journalism, but in terms of how to do it, I really wasn't.
1: Really wasn't
0: thinking that way. I really was very good at
1: it. So that, well, guess when I started reading the papers, I was such a nerd. Just guess. Oh, when you were in the Daily uh, Paper,
0: elementary school, fifth grade.
1: And my dad. My dad did too.
0: He started when he was really young, and he was yeah. surprised that I didn't want to read the paper.
1: Yeah, I isn't that. It's I like love, why the hell do I want to read I the feel, paper? Well, I feel <laughs> a little better doing this because I always felt a little freak, freaky. I loved reading the paper. And I thought huh. I was going to be a writer for my whole... You are a writer. I thought, well, I am. But I thought I was going to be... I actually thought I was going to be a journalist. And we have already talked about the story. I'm not going to go up down this rabbit hole other than to say I was sort of on track for that. And yeah. I and I do write in different venues, not sure. in journalism. But sure. but that is interesting. I, I love that about your dad.
0: Well, I do too. In, I mean, it really world. showed me... Um, it, it showed me in a very graphic way that one source isn't enough. Yeah. You know, because yeah. even for his work, which... You know, his work was totally creative. Like he would assign, I mean, he was the one who assigned the stories every week. He told the reporters what to do. He, you know, came up with the layout for the paper. I mean, it was all sort of his creation for 30-something years. Wow. Um, and so he would always cite multiple sources on everything when he would talk. And so that actually made it easier for me when I, was in, when I got into philosophy and everybody wanted multiple sources because I thought, oh, sure, of course one source might be biased, might be wrong, might be you know, it might be incomplete. sold out. Yeah, yeah, any number of things. And so you really need multiple sources just in order to confirm the one source, if nothing else. I mean, you just need right. that. And you have to ask yourself, this is something that I learned from him that was deeply valuable and has helped me a lot in critical thinking as well over the years. You have to be sure that those sources aren't connected somehow. Right. So you go to the.
1: So there's conflict of interest.
0: You well, mean? you go to your one source and they say something And then you go and find two other sources that confirm it. Well, what if those two other sources studied with the first source?
1: Mm.
0: What if those two other sources work in the same office as the first source? What if those two other sources are related to the first source? What if those two other sources revere the first source? All of these things can lead to biases with regard to, um, you know, the sources having been checked well. And so, you know, I mean, it just it just it demands that you do more than just do a, a a rudimentary pass at checking things. You have to go into a little bit of of detail to make sure you got it right or else you're just not sure. I mean, you can always go forward and go, I'm not sure. But certainly for that old man, he was not going to do that in the newspaper (laughs) and he was not satisfied when he ever, whenever he had a hand in it, he was not satisfied with me doing that in any of my research either. And so I, I appreciated that.
1: Wow. Well, um, that's really so interesting. You should talk about that particular piece, which about like sources and where you get information. Because uh, last month we did a show about career advice, and Mm. we read the research shows that where do people go for career advice? Where do they they go? People they know, not necessarily the most reliable source. Like maybe I should talk to someone in the industry. Oh, but you know my dad. Or my neighbor, or my right. best friend—they're right here and available. My dad
0: majored in this before he <laughs> dropped out of college,
1: right.
0: so he probably knows all. Of this.
1: So, folks, going to the yeah. easiest source in any problem you have in life, or yeah. think about who's going to give you good, relevant information—not right. just what you want to hear or right. the easiest. Your mom, your mom's always going to love whatever. Oh, man, your mom's whatever. on it. Yeah, thanks, mom. Yeah. You know. So, a couple other things. This is really interesting. Um, uh, see the see news stories as one way of representing reality yep. as a blend of fact interpretation really important. Yep. If you are reading that and going Wow, this is what really happened at the downtown protest last night no you are reading someone's interpretation of a set of events that they chose to represent yep. in that two column inches or whatever. Yep, that's whatever, right. That's right. And of right? course, as you mentioned,
0: there are inches to be considered. Yeah. And so it's very easy to make decisions about space when you're writing a story instead of making decisions about facts.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, because we've only got the two inches. And so in order to do a full story about this, we would need pages and pages of inches, and we just don't have that, and so we're just going to have to make a couple of statements here and call that the news, and that ends up necessarily being incomplete.
1: Absolutely. And I've noticed more and more, either listening to the radio or listening to NPR or reading, that what journalists want to do is represent both sides in a story Mm. and sometimes what you'll hear is they'll say or read well we asked so and so for comment and they did not get back to us or right like i tried to get the other point of view so i appreciate that move well i appreciate that move too
0: although it does lead to a certain dysfunction in contemporary media
1: because it's like oh well we tried to give another point of view and we we're just going to give you this one because we couldn't get the other one.
0: Well, that laziness might occur. I don't I'm not worried about that one as much as at least they cop to they didn't get all of it. Right. Uh, I'm more worried about something like. Um, we are going to talk about multiple points of view here and we're going to talk about how there's a um, controversy here. But in fact, there's no controversy. <laughs> Right. There's, there's this, just this there's this there's this thing, there's this disagreement. Right. And there's this big joke. You may have seen it in popular culture. Right. It's the teach the controversy. No. Oh, my Lord. So um, teach the controversy. So things like, you know, like Bigfoot. Right. So if you're a serious, if you're a serious person, you probably I'm not I don't want to disparage serious people everywhere. But if you're a serious person, you probably think the Bigfoot thing is a little sketchy. Yeah. You're probably not convinced by Bigfoot. Yeah. Right? But yet there are plenty of very, very serious people out there who will who will cut you over Bigfoot's existence.
1: And will write pages and pages and create That's a right. whole website talking in with evidence. That's that right. It.
0: They'll do all that. And so, and then there's, of course, Flat Earth. There's, of course, oh, I about various, them. various other anti-vax, all these mm. things where you say, well, there's not really good evidence for the other side, but there's a loud other side. So we call it teach the controversy. And there's actually a whole set of posters and T-shirts that show goofy <laughs> parts of this, like, you really? know, yeah, teaching this controversy. Um where of course there really isn't one.
1: Like like creationism, like teach uh, both sides? Yeah, yeah, like
0: teach both sides of the flat earth controversy. Teach both sides of Bigfoot. Teach oh, both sides really? of the aliens but, created the what's pyramids. The point of that?
1: What's the point?
0: Well, some people people who are conspiracy theorists would say it shows open mindedness. Right? Um, some people would say some people would say in the in the spirit of critical thinking, we can't just dismiss the evidence that exists for Bigfoot, we have to go through it all. And then we dismiss it. There are there are no shortcuts, they might say. Right. (laughs) And so and so someone makes an assertion, says, I believe that the Egyptians could not have built the pyramids with human labor. They had to have had a tractor beam extraterrestrial help tractor beam. picked up those big stones from one spot and dropped them precisely into the pyramids. Tractor beam, friends, teach the controversy, right? I mean, that kind of thing, in my mind, is goofy as hell. But, of course, there are people out there who are just claiming up and down and they're putting everything they have on the line about extraterrestrials helping with the pyramids. I mean, look, maybe they did. I don't know. But the point is, I don't think that there's really a body of evidence on the other side.
1: Oh, in order so, to teach, so to teach the controversy in a meaningful way, there has to be evidence that you're looking at.
0: You would need that. Like for flat earth, you would yeah. need there to be some actual bona fide flat earth evidence as opposed to whatever we have today, which is just some conjecture.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. And that's the difference. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so that's interesting. Teach, teach the the controversy. controversy. Yeah. All right. Lizard people in the government <laughs> teach, teach the controversy. The controversy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. So here's the last one I want to talk about today. And as you can tell, the theme that we've let's review we've talked about um, don't be brainwashed by the news media. Okay. We talked about don't be a worry war. Right. We talked about um, don't conform. Okay. And all of these, in my mind, as we again are in this time of crisis with COVID and climate change and the election. These are all tools that are designed to help us be better thinkers at this time.
0: Yes. Well, we definitely need to be better thinkers at this time and every time.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So here's the last one I want to talk about, which is contribute something to the world. Okay. Contribute. Okay. 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 Do something, anything to help make the world better. So folks out there, don't sit on your hands, analysis paralysis. Oh. Think about. It's hard to know what to, you know what to do. do. I know. So here is a. Example. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read number one. Read, read to the people, and then I'm going to give an example. Can you read? Can you yeah, read carefully
0: one? select a group that is organized to contribute to a better world. Many groups are fighting for justice in the world, for improved conditions, for the alleviation of pain and suffering. Select from local, national, and international groups. Select one and get involved, even if this means only sending money.
1: Right. So, I, I bring, I, this one point spoke to me because when I was talking to my aunt yesterday and I was lamenting my fear about feeling powerless about the election and about Mitch McConnell and our own state here and, and trying to make a change of an outcome, she said, one, she's working on getting out the vote in her own way, but then she said she gives to an organization. And I said, really? Which one? And she told me this one called She the People. And she, she, the, the people. she, the people, is creating a politics we have not yet seen. We believe in a politics grounded in love, justice, and belonging. Our aim is to inspire the hearts and minds of everyday people and turn non-voters into voters. Okay. We invite women of color to come together in person and online to tell our stories, host our people, and build community. Our network will continue to grow and live well beyond any one election and ensure the women of color will never be taken for granted again in elections. election. So she said, I'm looking... She said, one way you can look at it is, is what can you do now, not just to affect this election, but lay the groundwork, see the bigger picture, so that if you say to yourself, wow, if you and I go, wow, really, do we want to write postcards to get people to vote for Amy McGrath? So it's not just about that election. It's about how, what are you tilling the ground for? What are you cultivating? What kinds of conversations or things? What can you do, not just for now, but the bigger picture? And so She the People is just one example of an organization that she gives to you that has a has a wide view. And I, and she believes in this. And I just thought it was a great example mm. for people to really say, okay, maybe I can't give to every organization that I love. But is it about civil rights? Is it the ACLU? Is it about Sierra Club and climate change? Is it about the community composting
0: mm, program that Brian yeah. does yeah, right here to that at thing, UNL. My God, sure, sure.
1: You know, is it forward radio because I believe in a radio that isn't that controlled thing. about by corporate interests. Sure. And so, what do you, I think? What do you think about that idea?
0: I think that it is probably one of many drops in the pan, and I don't know. <laughs> really? Well, I wonder for these kinds of organizations. I love the idea. I mean, I mean yeah. the concept is spot yeah. on. I'm right with it. Yeah. I just wonder the extent to which these organizations are able to actually affect any meaningful change when they're so new and maybe not very many people know about them. Well, I don't know that I would assume they're new. Well, I would assume that they're not, they're not a top ten organization. Oh. I think those get a lot of the funds, a lot of the oh. attention. And so, if they're doing their work, I'm so glad they're doing it. I hope they end up affecting change. I just don't know anything about it. I think that I think that there's a concern when we talk about giving money and giving resources that we often overlook. Yeah. Because we're not just doing it to make ourselves feel good. We're supposed to be doing it to affect change. Right, both. So if it
1: won't affect change, should we do it? So, how would someone know? Well, how would they assess that? How would they well, think it through? You
0: might go and get some information, try to get some information about this organization yeah. and see what the actual projects are that it has yes. done. You might go has and it see how done? long it's been around. You yes. might see how much it gets in donations. If it's a nonprofit, they ought to disclose that kind of stuff. You know, you might just see the kind of support it's already getting and then you might see to what extent are they is it taking that money and actually putting it into causes that I think it can affect.
1: Right. And you could go you online could and that. read about it and yeah. you could even ask the organization. You should for definitely its ask because everything online
0: is just propaganda.
1: Right. So you could ask you dig yeah. deeper and ask the organization yeah. what you could even email someone and say, What are you What's your where's your in report? What are your top wins of the past year? The top three wins. Yep. Right. Yep. I love that. And see, the Internet lets you do that. the Internet
0: does. And you can get the email thing going and you can do any number of things to really make a big impact here. I think that it's a, I think it's I think it's a you know, you can reach out with direct communication in a lot of different
1: right. ways. Right. So I am I am just mentioning she the people as just an example. I'm sure it's as good I'm, as I'm any not, of the rest of them. I'm not I saying, like the idea. Yeah, good. Is there an organization that you think that you particularly, uh, I'm just curious, is there one that you give to that you particularly find really rings your chimes in terms of makes you feel good but also does good in the world? I
0: mean, um, I give to U of L sustainability. I think that U of L sustainability does a lot of good um, in the world and in Louisville. I think that um, the education mission is super important. And I think also U sustainability does a lot of work out in the community, not just on campus. And in addition to training people, so, so that's I like one that of your one.
1: favorites.
0: Yeah, I like that one. I like Forward Radio. I mean, I talk Forward Radio up a lot, and I think it actually is an organization that's worth giving money to. And I have when I give, I've given to Forward Radio. Um, I probably need to be more. Uh, proactive about my giving, I, I give to National Public Radio. I think that's an important. I do too. One, I do too. Um, that's one
1: I give to. I, I
0: give to Rain. Um, I've never heard of that. Uh, they're the National um, Sexual Abuse Survivors um, Organization, oh. um, and so they they do advocacy for um, survivors um, of all types of sexual abuse and uh, okay. tra- training and various kinds of of outreach and so that's a that's a good organization Mm
1: -hmm. i uh one that's near to my heart is a raptor rehab oh yeah that's a nice one that um has volunteers that um take care of injured uh owls and other raptors that have nowhere else to go and re gets them healthy again and and has a vet that contributes her time and then they release them back into the the wild and yep. i just love giving to an organization like that absolutely so, no it's a really good so everybody needs to find something and and folks if you're interested in this book let me say you can go online to criticalthinking.org and search under 25 days to better thinking
0: mm-hmm yeah you can pick up pick up a copy of this book for yourself yeah
1: and if you don't want to buy the book you can go on to SoundCloud and listen to one of our shows every day for 25 days hey
0: now that's a nice Isn't idea. That a great I idea I think it's a great suggestion where should they
1: start real quick which one 20%. should they start with which episode of ours should they start with I think they should
0: um, I think that they should go get um, A 10-sided die from the Dungeons & Dragons (laughs) gaming store and they should roll it twice Um, actually sorry we're we're bigger than that now they should roll it three times Um, and so the the third the the first roll should just be positive or negative
1: okay so if you
0: get a positive number then you're gonna go into the hundreds right but if you get a negative number then um, then you're going to just stay in the, in the double digits.
1: And you, so you kind of randomly and then you number, roll again. Go, you go on to the SoundCloud and you, you find roll, the number of the show corresponding to, to the,
0: your dice roll, right? Because you can get, <laughs> you, you can get, yeah, 100. percentage dice, yeah. Wow.
1: Or you could go on YouTube and make one if you want to save the money. Oh, you could definitely,
0: one. I mean, gee, I guess you could, <laughs> but wow, not having Dungeons and Dragons dice around the house, I don't know what that would be like. Um, <laughs> So, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think you can (laughs) definitely do that. I think you could, uh, you could take all of our episodes and print them out that, that, that list in SoundCloud and you could maybe tape it to a dartboard and just throw and see where you're Yeah.
1: I love that random. So pick 25. So folks, any listeners out there do that? We want to know what you learn each day. Just jot it down.
0: Oh, jot it down and then and then send it to us at forwardradio.org. Um, just any email address you can find there. Just send that in and or, let everybody know.
1: Yeah or, yeah, or put it on our Facebook page. You could, but
0: nobody does. So I think probably just email <laughs> to forwardradio.org. And then you can share it with somebody else who yeah. doesn't have any idea why you're sending yeah. this, but it might spread the critical thinking knowledge. Yeah. I love it. Well, come up with strategies as you're going through the week. What should you do, right? What's the right way for you to think about any number of things? I mean, it's going to be difficult, right? All of the work that you're doing this week is going to be so difficult. There's going to be such incredible thinking that goes into it. You're going to have to do such challenging work and it's going to really, really stretch your noodle. But I want you to do your best job. We both want you to. And remember, as you go through the week, friends, critical thinking, it's for everyone. Even you. Even you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Have you even thought about donating to Forward Radio? Forward Radio could sure use your support. And we really appreciate you listening. Enjoy your
1: week.